Picture it, Mississippi, about three o'clock in the morning. Me agitated from Michigan with my mother and my grandmother. Fuck. No. After like 12 hours of solid driving, I just needed them to give me $20 on pump four. And I'm like, I really need $20 on pump four. And the guy's like, What? <laughs> Where are you from, darling? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, look, TikTok, oh, fuck, I just want my gas. And, and he even, he literally said to me, girl, you got to slow way down. It's <laughs> 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 like 99, by the way, but still, yes, I've learned a hard lesson about slowing it a little bit down for oh, your yeah. audience. Yeah. yeah, they do. They definitely talk slow. I, I feel your pain. I'm originally from Chicago. Oh my gosh. Are you really? I would never have guessed that in a million, million years ever. No, when I was born, I raised and graduated in Chicago area and came down here, married a southern gal, and now I got the damn accident. Yes, you do. Yes. Like, where you from, man? You got an accent. You, know, you got a northern accent. And I call my boys up north, like, dude, you're picking up the southern accent. <laughs> like, what the actual fuck? <laughs> yeah, <both. laughs> uh, it's the way you say Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. Chicago. 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 Yeah. All right. I can only really do two, and that's the intense farm drawl and Swedish, because my great uncle is Swedish, and I used to have so much fun listening to him. And- it's I can tell his old family stories with that accent. And yeah. then he punched me and stole the car. Yeah, Swedes a good way to describe the Chicago accent. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Let's get okay. going. Shall Sorry. we? Oh yes, I'll quit distracting us. All right. <laughs> it wasn't just you. It was it was Rexy. Yeah. <laughs> it's her fault. Somebody. It's always my fault. It is. Okay, here we go. Okay. <sighs> Welcome to the Always Never Right podcast, a podcast for Gen Xers who are getting to middle age and wondering how the fuck that happened. I'm Jill Farrell. And I'm Gina Biggs. On tonight's episode, we are going to talk about dating after divorce. Uh, we have our longtime friends of the show, Rexy, and another wow. former guest. Uh, now, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to put pause for the Rexy growl. Do continue. Ah. There we go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and of course Roger, we can talk. <laughs> and of course we have another uh, couple of uh, former guests, the host of Sexual Blueprint and her easily embarrassed husband, um, Rebecca and Tim Mullins. Hey guys. Hey. Hey. Hi <laughs> y'all. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, but before we get going, as always, let's discuss the drink. Oh, for yes. sure. For sure. So, in honor of this particular topic and of our guests, all of our guests, chose a very obvious beverage. It's called sexual chocolate. Oh. It's a lovely recipe made with Irish cream, coffee liqueur, cream de cocoa, and raspberry liqueur. I used Chambord. Um, I also used half and half instead of milk and club soda. So, I actually think this is sort of delicious. Yes. I agree. I am very fond of the white Russian cocktail, and I feel like this is like a guy named Igor who like spent some time in East St. Louis. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I <should say. laughs> 
So he's still able to get alcohol deliveries, is what you're saying. Mm. It's not getting get anything. <laughs> we are recording this on lockdown, by the way. So. Yeah, and we ordered. Uh, I was telling folks earlier we ordered groceries yesterday and found out they aren't going to be delivered till Tuesday, which that's fine. We're still stocked up. We were just hedging on my um, Propel, and. Uh, <laughs> But I found out I had the, some of the wrong alcohol, so I didn't want to go out again to the liquor store. So that shit was at our front door within 90 minutes. I had a nearly two-liter oh. bottle of Kahlua <sighs> within 90 minutes. Well, see, we, we still have our freedom. We can go. Absolutely. Fuck your electrolytes. You got vodka. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you might talk your joke. What do you yeah. guys think about this, Rebecca and Tim? Is this your drink? It's a little different. Different how? I usually don't like um, a chocolatey flavor drink. No. No. Like it's a fruity girl, or are you more of like a whiskey girl? More of a whiskey. Me too, but I think this doesn't suck. No, it's not bad. It's it's a little different. Now, yeah. I'm willing it's, to it's drink just sweet. about anything. It's a little sweet. It's a little sweet. Yeah, I'd say sweet. I'd say well, it's sweet. I'm the white Russian, so I think it's pretty good. Yeah. I think it tastes a lot like white Russian. Yeah, it yeah. does. It does. It does. Yeah, it's it does. white Russian-y. Um, or a little bit. One. It's a little Colorado bulldoggy. A little bit. I had one of those. Yeah, if I had Coca-Cola instead of club soda, it would be totally Colorado bulldog. Hmm. Well, now that y'all said white Russian, I just keep thinking I ought to sip it and talk about abiding and how the, roo- the rug really pulls the rug together. Right? Exactly. Well, you know, brevity's not your thing. So tonight we're going to talk a little bit about dating after divorce. And all of us, all of us girls have been divorced. Tim is probably just going to be along for the ride because he has not been divorced. But all of us girls have had that wonderful experience of let's just say unloading some baggage that needed to be unloaded oh, oh i'm a stress eater off sale <laughs> all right so i like to say it i'm a stress eater so after i lost 250 pounds of useless fat i lost 140 pounds <laughs> she did you know what she lost so much weight in the process of her divorce it was ridiculous as millie would say there we go she and she just like I don't know if just stopped eating I would take her out to eat and she's like I don't know I don't really feel like eating but between the two of us we started dating um I know you didn't start dating right away I kind of started dating right away because I was in almost in the process of dating at the same time I was divorcing which was kind of unusual. Um, the, mm. the man I ended up marrying, he, he and I went way back. And he was in the process of a divorce at the same time that I was in the process of a divorce. And he and I kind of bonded over that. And we w- became friends first. And then ended up sort of deciding, like, what if? Because we would sort of compare notes. and like, is this reasonable for me to expect this kind of treatment from my spouse or from a significant other? And that kind of became a, a mantra for us. It's kind of like you took the, like, Match.com survey, but together at the same time and then just went with the results. Yeah. 
pretty much. <laughs> That's kind of the way it works. All right. It's kind of the way it works. Whereas uh, Match.com is part of why I am divorced <laughs> from the first <laughs> one. So. so true. Also true. So, I, yeah. I digress. <laughs> oh, you said I digress. Everybody needs to drink. Drink. Cheers. I didn't need a reason to drink. No. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> I digress. For those of you who don't know, it's part of our drinking game that's on our website. We have certain phrases that one or the other of us says on the regular. Mostly Gina. (laughs) My question is, are we going to kind of like explain why we got divorced or what we decided we were going to do after we got divorced? I think we can do all of that. All right, let's do it. So... Uh, Rebecca, let's start with you. Yes. Why, what made you decide that the person you were married to was not the person you needed to be married to? Well, after a couple of hits upside the head, I decided it was time to go. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Valid. Yeah. There. That's plenty of information, and I think that's always a good call. Yeah. For anybody who's listening, if you are in an abusive relationship, 100% get the fuck out. Yeah. Yes. And if you're the man doing the hitting, you're a coward. Yes, absolutely. Yep. He's so polite, coward. I would have said, like, I don't know. Fucker? Asshole or, you know. Oh. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to be nice in the presence of women. Oh. Well, oh, gentlemen, you've no met us. married him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, Anyone out there, there is always someone willing to help, even when it feels like you're alone. Absolutely. There is someone, I swear. Always. I swear. Talk to a friend, talk to a counselor, talk to the police, talk to anybody. There's always somebody there to help you. Oh, gosh. She's got a right. man. She's spoiled. Yes, I have a good man now. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, there's other people who are there for you, and it's not like the person that you're with that's hitting you is going to be the only person who ever is there for you. One thing about an abusive man, he will always turn it around to make it like it was your fault. You make him do it. Yeah. But at the same time, they're sorry somehow it's your fault, but they're sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Manipulative. Yeah. I was well fortunate. I was married to a potato and he was not ever abusive because, first of all, I'm fairly confident I could have taken him. Oh, yeah. Came to that. Sweep the leg. Boy. Absolutely. Well, I wouldn't even have had to do that. He was so soft. I could have just, like, pushed him over with my finger. But he was just not that person. He was not the kind of person that I needed to be married to. And when it came right down to it, um, he and I weren't compatible that way. Um... I feel kind of strange saying this, especially in Rebecca's presence, but my parents and some other folks in my life were kind of like, but does he beat you? Yeah, I hit that. I um, that. Does he call you names? And it's like, He's my husband fun. wasn't a potato, but I was just with the wrong person. And I would rather be alone than be with wrong with, be with the wrong right. person. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I think it's just because older, the older generation thinks as long as he doesn't hit you, as long as he provides for you, you're supposed to stay and endure whatever unhappiness comes. 
because yeah. that's what they did. So they're just basically through that prism. It's like, oh, well, he only fucked around 20 days out of 31. So I guess he was better <laughs> than the other guy. It's like, oh, my God. Man. Yeah. What prism are we in now? So I feel really lucky. Uh, I feel really lucky. So, so on my 30th birthday, um, my uh, my parents said they were going to take my then husband and I out for uh, to a weekend away in this little vacation spot in the Midwest for my 30th birthday. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. We packed up Nina and everything. And DB was like, I'm too sick. I can't go and started spouting all this stuff. And um I mean, he was he was an alcoholic. Um, he was emotionally abusive. And my mom took me aside and said, uh, "Listen." And, and my mom was part of the silent gener- is part of the silent generation. She's like, "Listen, he's a jackass. He doesn't treat you right. It's one thing to tease someone. It's another thing to tear them down on a consistent basis. And I bet you anything, he wants to stay behind so he can drink and sleep around. So you have a choice. Is this how you're going to live your life?" And I'm like. Uh, and he ended up going with us that weekend anyway, but I did end up leaving him three months later because mom's a rock star. So your mom is completely awesome. And, you know, DB had a lot of other issues that we can't really go into for a lot of reasons, mostly to protect Nina, Mm. but, um, he was one of those people that, manipulated and beyond the alcoholism he had a lot of issues that nobody could have known you and i knew each other before db and you and i knew each other during db and when you guys first got together he seemed like a really neat guy i liked db a lot in the in the beginning and i went to your wedding and he seemed like a decent guy hmm I did like the fact that um, Mary's hair caught on fire at your wedding. <laughs> well, that was- I would have loved to see that. But my- <laughs> it was awesome because Mary's a bitch. One thing I want to insert assert here, insert rather, there's you know four ladies present, and it seems like the one common thread is that the man we were with fed into something we thought we either needed or deserved. Yep. And... Yeah. And I feel like it's all kind of a seduction, but it's almost like a self-seduction because it's not like my, like I said, my my potato with non-dairy butter. Because <laughs> he was vegan. completely vegan and it was um, He was so like, oh, you're amazing and you're this and you're that. Because I was in the spot where the man I was with before him was not remotely demonstrative or affectionate. So of course the next guy that's like, oh my God, let's 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 like 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 wear matching sweaters and <laughs> and, and I want us to be together forever. And I was like, yes, I will marry you. And then yeah. But see I, you don't really learn someone until you actually live with them. Absolutely. You know, I don't know if that's true. I mean, mm. I think that's true for some people. I'm not positive, though, because with T and I, we dated for a couple years before we got, we only lived together for like three months before we got married. Mm-hmm. And because we had a very long distance relationship, but we knew each other as kids. And I had a huge crush on him. Um, after our respective relationships ended, 
um, we both sort of had the idea of what we wanted our next relationship to be. I think the thing with a relationship ending is you recognize just like when you get a new car, you know, the things you don't want in a car. (laughs) You, You also know the things you do want in a car. When you buy a new house, you know the things you don't want from your last house. Like, these are the things I hated about my last house. This is what I want in my new house. Same with a relationship. You know the things you didn't want in your last relationship. These are the things I hated about my last relationship. This is what I want in my new relationship. So I think you look at all of that and you make the decisions. So our relationship was long distance for a couple of years, actually. And we made it work because, yeah, we had, you know, four or five days every quarter of fucking amazing sex. But (laughs) beyond that, we built the relationship the rest of the time when we were apart. So, yeah, we had the amazing sex for like the times when we were together, but we built the rest of the relationship when we were apart. And I think that's the key. You had communication. Yes, we absolutely did. Well, I think communication is the is the really thing that when you move on, if you are thinking about how to break out of old patterns and separate yourself from what you didn't like about your previous relationship, I think for me, the number one thing is if I can't foresee not only having just random conversation that could take up the whole night but you feel so like you didn't waste time or nothing happened because you were just so in the moment because you were talking to somebody that you really value their opinion and even if you're like I don't like that fucking show or yes I guess you could tickle me there or whatever it's still (laughs) you're still like in the moment but I I think that that's the key is that you you think about yes maybe this person looks different than the other person or or a different job or whatever but the key is how do you talk to that person yeah. Can you sit in silence and not be uncomfortable? Can you like miss like not just their presence, but like you just can't wait to tell them something yep. important about your day. I think that's what I'm looking for. And it seems like all three of you ladies have accomplished in your next mirage. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd love to hear about that. Well, you'll, you'll but now I did have some good times after the divorce. <laughs> That's where I am. <laughs> how, Rebecca, how long were you single? Um, about a year and a half, something like that. Okay. I thought it was six months. No. Oh, <laughs> Uh, well, what made you decide you wanted to uh, you wanted to date again? Well, it really wasn't I wanted to date again. Um, I was looking for a hangout buddy. Ah. And that's when Tim walked into church and he had long, oh goodness, long hair and a nice ass, and I said, "Oh my God, heaven sent." Okay. <laughs> what I love about that story is that you were like I was like oh I'm so admirable of her because she's talking about how I wanted to just give it a chance and I was in church and then she's all like and then his ass and I'm like yes (laughs) 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 because women have needs and I think that I think I was in the same zone as that there had been a number of months of alienation before the separation then leading up to the decision to get divorced for me so let's just say that I was like 
I went to bat, I went to jail for a bad check. I was counting out the months and I'm like, wait a minute, who do I got on the outside? <laughs> do I have a go-to or not? And I didn't. So I didn't know what to do. And, and ironically, I was thinking maybe I should get on one of these newfangled apps that the kids do nowadays. And then I went to a movie. Yeah. You know, I do want to comment on the movie because T and Rexy and I went to a movie one day. We went and saw some stupid zombie movie. It was like the longest movie on the planet. And Rexy happened to connect with her seatmate. And they have had a, I'll call it quote relationship for about a year because it's all about the sex. Let's just say whenever he comes to the Dallas-Fort Worth area and stays at one of the fine hotels in our area, I do a little hello. You knock on wood. Yeah, yeah. She does knock on the wood all (laughs) night long. And the funniest part was I was in that mindset. I had literally decided you just need to tell him we're done. I'd like a divorce. I did that on June 1st. We went to the movies two weeks later. Yeah. <laughs> and it was heaven sent. I don't, I'm not a very big spiritual person, but Jesus and all the angels went to that theater that day. <laughs> Let me just tell you. I even said to T, hey, I think Rexy might be talking to the guy next to her i'm not sure what's going on i was at the lowest point in my life kind of like because you know when i think when women go through divorce i can't speak for all women because i'm only one of what like eight billion but um my perspective was i had so much like what did you do wrong why would you leave such a quote-unquote good man because again the good prism was he doesn't beat you call you names whatever um, so I was feeling pretty low and pretty down on myself. And then like a gift. I mean, I'm talking gift cause like I had shaved my legs that day. <laughs> you know, I had like prepared and, and wittingly, subliminally, ah, subliminally. Ah. And yeah, it was, it was a, a validation that my future is pretty bright because when you're not putting too much pressure on yourself, great things could happen. So Rebecca, Tell us the story of after you saw his luscious ass at church, which I love, by the way. Tell us how the Lord brought you to him. <laughs> the next Sunday, he brought a girl to church. Mm. I was not happy. Belinda. Oh, you remember her name? I was dating her, yes. I don't even remember her name. <laughs> I was dating her, yes, I remember her name. But I thought, well, I can do better than that because I, I was prettier than she was. This is what I told myself. I was much prettier than she was. Yes, you are. So the next Sunday when he came to church alone, I went up to his truck and was talking to him. And then a couple of weeks after that, I think I graduated nursing school. And me and my friend Brandy. You and Brandy came to my house. Yeah, I went. Mom and Dad's look, house. I knocked on his door. Yes. She came to me. Oh. oh wait, 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 wait. What made you, besides his ass, because apparently it's epic and I need to see it. Um, <laughs> yeah, we haven't seen the ass, so we don't know yeah, how epic it is. Yeah, I can't see the USDA choice, like, marker on there yet. But besides 
Obviously, he has a truck, which means he's not a deadbeat, because, like, if you own a truck, you got at least a couple of bucks. And he obviously loves the Lord. So, besides his ass, the Lord (laughs) and his truck, what was so compelling that you're like, I am going to make myself known to this gentleman? You know, I really really don't know. I was just drawn to him. So, I don't don't know. That's the thing. Sometimes you just, like... This is meant to be. This is exactly who I'm supposed to be with. But the funny thing is, um, my mom pointed her out to me. My first weekend, yes. there, my mom pointed her out to me. She said, I, a young la- I have a young lady I want to introduce to you. I'm like, well, just, just point her out to me first. And re- she points out to Rebecca, and I look at my mom. I said, Mom, she's old. <laughs> <laughs> Your butt just kind of shriveled a little bit, in my opinion. I don't even know how good your butt is, but it kind of looks like an apricot right now. I bet your truck was a 2003. I was was young, man. I was 27. So, she's 24. The term is cougar. On the subject of moms fixing people up, let me give you this. One time, right after T broke up with his wife, T had not told his mom yet that he and I were dating. Now, one of the reasons was because when I was in high school, I TP'd his mom's house. That was a bad thing. Oh. It's irresponsible in this day and age. In this day and age, it's not a good thing. Although, technically, it would have been a gift. Yeah. Yeah, right? Did she say so, that? Like nope. gold leaf on a dessert. Right? <laughs> but he did not tell his mom that we were dating. So she kept trying to fix him up with people, including her boss at the time, who looked like, let me say, Janice from the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> she said, hey, I'd like you to go to this place. She asked him to go meet her boss, sent him to the bar. He showed up at the bar. Boss looked like Janice from the Muppets. T's like, mm, oh, no. she had good lips. Uh, she had good lips, but like the hair and like, oh yeah, right. Okay, that's great. <laughs> so that was not really a go. And finally, T had kind of he was dating somebody, but he couldn't tell her who, because she knew me really well because I was friends with his younger sister when we were growing up. And that would not have gone over well because of the whole teepee thing. Uh, <laughs> well, my mother decided she read some article in Parade Magazine. For those of you that don't know, Parade Magazine is that shitty little thing that comes in your normal paper, like I on Sunday. And there I was like too. a profile of, of all people, Vin Diesel. My mother reads this and decides that the best new man for me post-divorce is Vin fucking Diesel. Because in her own words, he seems like he'd appreciate you. (laughs) I'd appreciate him for one night anyway. Yeah, right? Diesel is one great night of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. He was my actual, like, he taught me how to play D&D. He was my first dungeon master. Oh, I've been here. They they talk, like, sex stuff. Like, I'd like to roll your 20-sided die, baby. <laughs> when we first got engaged, he was like, I kind of want to get your engagement ring. Oh, my God. 
Tim just sent us a picture that's amazing. Um, T originally sent me a note and it was like, I, I would like, when we get engaged, I kind of want to get your engagement ring and I want to get the diamond engraved like a 20-sided die. So he wanted like numbers engraved on all the sides of it. And I'm like, um, let's not do that. Because I feel like that might not be a good idea. It might detract from the value or whatever. I have to insert that that picture that flashed to Tim makes me wonder, were you ever in like a white snake cover band? <laughs> I wasn't a, I wasn't a rock and roll band in high school. Were you really? I believe it. Rebecca, is that part of the attraction? Because he seemed kind of like a bad boy rocker type. I like bad boys, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let's ask, let's let's let Gina talk about her dating after divorce experience. Oh, Gina, how did you and uh, how did you and John the Brit get together? Well, um, Jill, that was a very self-serving question on your part. Oh, I know, because I'm awesome. <laughs> because being the dorks we are. Um, okay, so she used to play EverQuest. Let's True. make that clear. Nerd alert. Wait, wait. Before that, I played um, Meridian 59. Let the record show, I played neither of those. I didn't even, apparently she there was. a computer. I know. I didn't, I couldn't afford one because I was married to DB, who used to bounce our daycare checks. So, you know. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Or Don right there, let me tell you douchebag or dung beetle because he rolls around in the own shit he makes of his life but um either way either way but uh um but i was a huge sci-fi nerd from a long time and apparently while she was playing everquest and was in the same guild as john the brit yeah because we were in a guild that makes us cool (laughs) (laughs) we made the same red dwarf joke to her on the same day Disclaimer. Always never write is in no way, shape, or form. What are you doing? I didn't do that. It started on its own. Uh oh, I'm leaving that in. (laughs) (laughs) You know what he had it on. Apparently, I had your podcast on and decided to kick in. (laughs) Yay! Go us. Um. Yeah, they did did the same. Red Dwarf, and I had never heard of Red Dwarf. Oh my God, I love Red Red Dwarf. I do. We'll get you a Brit dude. Now let's. What's funny is when she first brought it up to him, he's, uh, she, he used to come to the States like once or twice a year to visit friends. And she goes, next time, come through Kansas. Have someone to introduce you to. And he's like, well, okay. And I was, she goes, okay, I'm going to have someone I want to introduce you to next time he comes to visit. And I'm like, fuck no. I swore off men, remember? Because the last one was shitballs. And yeah, yeah. she had the best sales pitch ever. Just meet him. If you get along, you get the best vacations ever. If you don't, he goes to another country. You never see him again. Duh. Win, win. And then we um, curved the paint swatches. (laughs) They did. They met. We went to, literally, we went to the Renaissance Festival for their first (laughs) date. And it was so weird. They wouldn't even hold hands. And I'm like, oh, my fucking God, hold hands already. (laughs) How old were you? They were old. They were, like, super old. I was, like, 31, 32. They were, like, they wanted to hold hands. They were, like, I don't know. It might not go well. It went well. (laughs) So we got back to our house. And 
he was staying in our guest room and she stayed in our guest room too. We had these paint swatches on the walls that were like the tape on kind. And like the next morning they were all curled up. <laughs> we went from zero to paint swatches in six hours, baby. So many kinds. I was like, I, Holy crap, Gina, you curled our penis watches like what the actual fuck. Okay, well, I don't have an Earl Shad story, but um, <laughs> I, I am I'm curious, how old were we all when we got married versus when we got divorced? I was 30. <laughs> There's a two-part question. Which I was one? 30 when I got married. <laughs> I was um, 39 when I got divorced. Okay, Gina. Uh, married at 24, divorced, divorced, divorced at 30. <laughs> See, I got married to, uh, his name is Dick, by the way. <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. Why don't you just call him Richard? That's awesome. I have to tell y'all a story about Dick, okay? I love talking about Dick. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, his name is not really Dick. It is um, DT is what people call him. But oh, his name is like the stuff they'd spray like on fields, like on mosquitoes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, I would always call him Dick after we got divorced. Well, Tim's wonderful brother Michael. He would always ask me. Why don't you just call him Richard? Well, it never dawned on me what he was talking about because his name isn't Dick or Richard. You know, so one weekend, Michael was going to Mississippi and that's where Dick lives. And so I asked him, I said, I will help buy your gas if you will drop the kids off at Dick's, you know, meet him for me. And he's like, oh, sure. No problem. So they met. And so I called Michael later on that evening. and I asked him, I said, well, how did the meeting go with DT? He said, who? I said, the kids are sad, DT. He's like, I thought his name was Dick. DT, <laughs> he said, oh, I called him Dick to his face. He was <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> My son told me it was the funniest thing because um, Dick wouldn't even correct him. <laughs> better. He, he's a power lifter. I'll give you that description like, well, what can I do, man? <laughs> Hey, my, my brother's a power lifter, so a whole lot of people won't confront him about anything. He's, he's a big boy. I would bet. Yeah, as a power lifter, I would bet that's true. <laughs> Hilarious. So how old were you when you got married? Um, 34? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. How, you were 34? How old were you when you got divorced? Uh, when I got divorced from Dick, I was 32, 33, something I'm like thinking, that. I think wait, you're wait, wait, wait. Wait. You yeah. said you were 34 when you got married. So no, how could you be 34? Oh, 24. Okay. Oh, we're 24 first marriage girls. Yay, sister. How old, Rexy, how old were you when you got married? Um, I was 37 when I got married, and I just got divorced in October, so I was 43. Right on. Tim, how about you? <laughs> I was 27 when I got married, and if I keep doing what I'm doing, I'll be 48 when I get divorced. How old was this gentleman when you procured him and his luscious ass from church? I, I will never forget that. I will be like, oh, wow. 
Rex is going to be like Oops. trolling. Rex is going to be trolling churches for luscious. I'm apples. telling you, I'm, I'm saying like that's probably one of the things because like you all are all married. I am not. Not because this has been since October. My pool is non-existent because my choices are either start going to church, praise Jesus, plus coronavirus. Hello, right? Or Probably dating apps because I think I'm too old to like just go hang out at a bar and be like, hey, Sunny, you know, like, (laughs) you know, so it's like, dude, you just need to play online games, dating app, like, and like hook up something like I don't have a mom that's like, well, there's this lovely gentleman that comes by his mom's house. Moms aren't helpful. Moms are profoundly not helpful for any of that shit. I know. My mom's like. Well, why not? Why don't you? Would your mom have hooked you up with John the Brit? She might have. She likes him better than she likes me. I swear. Yeah, but she would not have hooked you up with him. (laughs) She would have hooked you up with like Schmody Bo. Oh, look at that wedding and Rebecca. (laughs) And the oh, and that curly, 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 curly hair. It's so pretty. Yeah. Well. Your mom would have hooked you up with Schmody Bo from Okay. Podunk No Place. I know. I, I um, mom no. knows me. She wouldn't. You know, mom. She there's no way she would have. She would not have been able to hook you up with somebody as baller I, as John the Brit. I'm gonna, will, I'm gonna interject because sexual okay. chocolate helps me with my math skills. <laughs> Did you not say you were what 34 when you got divorced and 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 did not Tim say he was 27 when he got married? So 32. She is a cougar. He said, oh she's old, but it's more like she's old. Like oh my god, my dick is gonna have a great time. Like because <laughs> she mom. knows what she's doing with it. That's the baller. I'm just saying. I'm a- and you still are. You better say yeah. that. They are so cute. Aww. So what do you think is the hardest thing about dating after a divorce? Besides, like, once you find the person, what do you think is the hardest thing about it? Gina? It's uncomfortable, uh, you know. Yeah. You know, being with someone else, have you been with that person for a long time? You just act, don't know how to act with someone new. Do you, do you feel like there's a trust, anything kind of trustish? It's a lot of trust issues. Yeah. Gina, what about you? Um, I think the hardest part of it was um, trust and figuring out how to build things. And that's why um, the minute John the Brit started talking about the potential of marriage, I bought three books and I sent him a copy of each. And we worked through one to three questions every evening. And this is how pragmatic and unromantic I am. It was 50 questions to ask before you get married, 100 questions to ask before you get married, and 200 questions to ask you before you got married. Suck at this. <laughs> but <laughs> what? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Like oh wait, wait, wait. What sold? It's pretty logical. And what sold it was he accepted my approach. He's like, of course I will work through these questions with you, and we worked out every conceivable hink. Well, that's Before we got to it. Your relationship is like Harry Potter fuck Doctor Who. That's like <laughs> like your vibe. And apparently, like, I mean, not to, I just met these folks, but it seems like Rebecca and Tim are like, you know, 
getting it down on the bayou. And then I know, of course, that, you know, my dear, dear friend Jillian and her lovely man T. I only imagine in my head when I go home to my lonely bachelorette apartment that they are experiencing many different kind of positions and devices. I hope you're not, ex- I hope you're not imagining that. No, actually. not imagining it like, <laughs> <laughs> like wait a minute. It's more like, no, it's more like as your friend, I'm just like, I want you to get to the promised land each and every night. Like we get to the promised land a lot, but I don't right. want you to like think about that every day. For what well, it's not every day. It's not like I go home and like, please, Jesus, please let my friend be getting many, many, many orgasms. I'm for what it's that. worth, I occasionally think, go you, and then I immediately bleach my brain. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I yeah. have plenty of opportunities for go you, and then we're good. Well, that we never speak of it again. Yep. My. <laughs> Well, once we figure out if we can ever get out of vapor lock and meet people in real life again, uh, I feel like my future is a litany of new, like, experiences where I spend what I consider quality time, a.k.a. more than an hour, like, finding out, like, where you went to school and why your mom calls you junior and, you know, and why you don't like pancakes, all to the point where I can decide that I may want you to, you know, shove it into me, you know, at least once or twice a week. Make it a pragmatic. I want to meet your mother. But at the same time, let's just keep doing this thing until, like, maybe someone younger and hotter comes into my eyeline at maybe, like, I don't know, Kroger. And and that's where I'm at because, you know, I got married late in life. So I figure at this point I might as well be Samantha from Sex in the City. Honestly, I have to say, though, with all of that considered, Millie feels like she is kind of the bomb.com. And so Millie will go places with her and she comes back and she's like, and Rexy's awesome. And we did all these things. And I'm like, eh, I'm not really sure that I feel comfortable with that. At Rexy explained birth control. It was awesome. Rexy talked about all of these cool things. And Rexy met a nice boy today. And Rexy saw this guy. Well, I can't help if I'm like listening to her describe a TikTok video and I'm just like, look at the ass on that guy. Like, you know, hey, Rebecca, you know, high five. You know, you know all about you all know all about the ice cream scoop ass cheeks because apparently sure. you know. So, <laughs> moving on. I'm not saying that once you get divorced, all you think about is sex. But this close with partner <laughs> that let's just say failed to satisfy you. Which you I think become that's 18 of, again. <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons. I mean, I think aside from the fact that they slap you upside the head like Rebecca had, which is not to minimize that, but I think we all have a certain degree of our partner did not satisfy us in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, my potato had a weird little curved dick and <laughs> it was not awesome. 
Which anyway. makes it great when I get to see him in person, because you can imagine oh, what I'm thinking. <laughs> so, um, there's obviously reasons why we adopted. Um, I'm pretty sure it wasn't my fault. Anyhow, um, so I think that as we move forward with the dating scenario and dating after divorce, we have to look at the goals of dating. And I think everybody thinks that dating is the precursor to what is it? What is it that we want from our relationship? I think I have settled on what I want. Right on. Go. I would like to expect, want, and kind of count on orgasming with my partner in the room. Right on. <laughs> Hopefully they're participating. Sure. And the other part is, is that if at any point I feel like he's not doing his part, I can say, hey, buddy, <laughs> let's have a little chat and have him not be insecure or decide he has to go sit in his office and play with his video games instead of playing with me. No, they shouldn't. Or whatever. Even, that shouldn't even be an it option. It just seems like that's, I mean, I hate to say it, but I, I love being older because now I've broken it down in brass tacks. Because when I was an like, idealistic 25-year-old, I was like, he's got to have a career and goals and he has to love his mother and he has to have, like, experiences that would make. And like, now I'm just like, can you make me come and do it? Will you annoy me? other than making me come everything else is encompassed in try not to annoy me (laughs) (laughs) two criteria that was my mistake in my feckin' youth is i had this litany of shit and ultimately, I can do almost everything for myself, and I can even do pretty much everything for myself. However, every once in a while, you kind of want a part cheesy partner. You are Samantha, and I think I'm Charlotte right now because I'm kind of dying inside. <laughs> I feel like this is a really good place for us to kind of say, okay. Um, <laughs> is it though? Is <laughs> I, I think that either you get divorced and you find okay. long-lasting marital love the second, maybe third time around, or you may have a future of hopefully fucking lots of dudes and not being annoyed. All right, roll right on. Okay, okay <laughs> sir. Any last thoughts from you? Yes. How red is my face right now? <laughs> Just fucking dying. I am so glad. He is red. I am so glad we don't have a camera yet. That's hilarious. We're getting a camera before next time. I'm going to get one. What I do want to say is where I found my happy place, I enjoyed my time by myself. Now, I'm not saying I didn't go out and have a good time. Absolutely. But I enjoyed being alone, and I liked myself. You know, I liked being alone. I liked what I did. And that's when Tim kind of played into it because I was at a good place with myself. I liked you too. 
I know you I did. Truly, I truly believe that every woman should spend one year living alone, no roommates, <laughs> no boyfriend. They should be alone at least for one year. So they get to know themselves. They get to know yes. what they want. They get to know who they are at least a year. I think that's yeah, I think that should be a prerequisite. And you can go to the adult store and buy you a big old dildo. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, damn straight. I, I would say that as someone who literally was alone about 15 years, I never lived with anyone largely, you know, for about 15 years. She said largely. <laughs> well, you know, I just said I've had a fair amount of bone in me. But um, I, I will say that I think another lesson to learn is because you have reflected on your, like, lonely, quote-unquote, whoredom over your life, you think this man seems like he'd be a good anchor to just kind of latch on and, like, slowly sink together. In. And don't do that, ladies, because... You know, you may think it's sad and lonely and people give you shit about why are you not a mom and why can't you make things work with a man? Are you sure you're not a lesbian? All the things my mother has said to me, by the way. Um, You ultimately decide for yourself that, again, don't get married, ladies, unless he can make you come. And as long as he's talking, you're not like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's true. I absolutely think well, that's true. And it's driving you insane. Yeah. Just breathing makes you want to choke him. I think yeah. that especially the, if he can't make you come, you should not marry him. Yeah. If, you don't have that to you. And it can't be like a once, like, oh, wow, one out of five. You know, no, it's no, got it to be every time. Over and over and over. Maybe once in a while, you're both kind of, I don't know. Like, you're worried about, like, something you saw on, like, life Coronavirus or and, bullshit, you know, whatever. He had like, too many coronas. You're tense, whatever. Yeah. And yeah. if you can't stand on your own, you'll never be able to stand together. Absolutely. Okay. So, okay. this is totally fun. I'm completely glad it's over. Really? <laughs> 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 um, it's normally hard to embarrass me. I'm I'm gonna just blame the alcohol on the on the pink face. <laughs> I'm glad this is a podcast. I'm glad I'm glad it's not a YouTube show. <laughs> and of course I love this shit because oh watching her blush is the best and it's even funnier to me because I know John the Brit will never know anything that was said in here, including the bent paint swatches, because he doesn't listen. Yeah. I love- no. I love you. Good thing I tell you that in person. Anyway. <laughs> he listens to the show. Yeah, he does. Okay. <gasps> <laughs> Website's alwaysneverwrite.com. You can find our topics for each episode along with the recipe for the beverage as long as I get it up there. Um, contact- <laughs> get it up, get it. Get it up. <laughs> <laughs> contact us page has all the ways you can contact us. If you have ideas for topics, questions you want to answer, drink suggestions, if you want advice, um, just use one of those ways to get in touch. Or you can email us, slide into the DMs, hit us up on Facebook, whatever. We're there. Slide into the DMs. Astroglide coming soon. Peter crawl in the corner and lay in the fetal position. Yes!
goal accomplished. Okay. <laughs> Yay for guests. Yay. Yeah, absolutely guests. And obviously, if you're listening to us, you're used to this crazy ass shit and you know where to find us. But um, tell your friends so they can find us uh, anywhere they get their digital media. And finally, we want to thank our special guests, Rebecca and Tim Mullins from the Sexual Blueprint podcast. You guys are always fun to have on and torment. And it's awesome. Well, torment Tim. You know, we're yeah, in the system. Awesome. I, I wish I could say it's been a joy, but. Um, and of course sexy rexy who earned her name tonight it was awesome to have all of you on with us (laughs) yeah for sure oh Oh my god this has been an incredibly uncomfortable episode always right i am jill and i'm gina and maybe in this case i should have been always but anyway no, never mind. you should not ever be always. You're never always. I'm <laughs> right. She's not always. Oh, but thank you so much for making us a part of your week, everybody. And we'll talk to you again more next week, medals. <laughs> <laughs> I need my mommy. <laughs> Mother. Oh, my God. <laughs> Standard disclaimer. Always Never Right is in no way, shape, or form performed or produced by professional advice givers. We've just lived a lot. So if any of our life experiences prove useful, we're happy to share, especially if we can share in an entertaining way. But if you have serious problems, please see a therapist, doctor, psychiatrist, life coach, or someone who is actually trained to know what the hell they're doing when passing out advice. Also, please note that most names and the descriptions of many events have been modified to both make things more entertaining and to protect the innocent, the not-so-innocent, and the flat-out guilty as sin assholes.